Father, this morning we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The only way we can come to you. There's no other name. There is no other way. If any man has to come to the living God, he has to come through his blood and in that name. So we come this morning through the blood of Jesus in that precious, all-powerful name. And we pray, Father, have mercy, mercy, mercy. We stand by faith in that grace you said you would give us. The grace you said would be sufficient for us today. Today is a new day. We don't know what are the challenges that lies before your people today. But Lord, we confess your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Everyone here, everyone out there, everyone listening online, your grace is more than sufficient, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For out of that grace we have received blessing upon blessing, O Lord, even today. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We come at this time of the word into thy hands. And then, Father, I pray you would pray through us. Touch our hearts, O Lord. Touch our hearts. For faith comes from the heart first. Touch our hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So we've been looking at faith and we've been looking at faithfulness because you can have one without the other. can have one without the other. But in the long run, it will not work. It will not work because when we stand before God, yes, he will commend us for the faith, but ultimately we are rewarded for our faithfulness for anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. So we looked at that pictures in Revelation chapter 2, 9 and 10 and Revelation 3, 7 and 8. It's a complete picture you actually get. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are the Jews but are not, are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Okay, so you will see here in the first case, uh, it's, it's a test. It's a test. Terrible situations in our life, tribulation, everything is a test. Whether we will remain faithful under tribulation. If you look at this church, it is going through tribulation and it is poor. It is not poor because they did not have money. It's because their money was taken away. If you look at the Hebrews, you will see in 2,000 years of human history, when our systems have taken despotic and when God's people refused to be unfaithful, they took their confiscated their homes, their property, their jobs, they lost everything. And he says, you know what? I know your poverty, but I know, he says, that actually you are rich. Okay. So the simple question here is, the question that is being asked is, will you be faithful unto death? Okay. Even in death, when that day comes, will you be counted faithful? With the other church in chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, it's the same thing, but differently. These are the things who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens shuts no one, and he tells them in verse 8, 
I know your works. See, I have said before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Why? For you have little strength, you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. He says, you know what? So if you look at these two churches, it's, 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 it's a perfect picture. Philadelphia is faithful in life. Smyrna is faithful in death. It's a complete picture from life and death. Both these churches is a picture of what God wants in each one of us. So please remember, faith is a gift. Faithfulness is not. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when we, we look at being faithful, the fundamental thing we need to ask ourselves is, first, who are you faithful to? There is a person. There is a person. Who are you faithful to? And that person is God. That is why anyone who comes to God, okay, when, when you talk about Enoch is being commended for his faith, but anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. So you're coming to God. So the person, the object of your faith and the object of your faithfulness is to the person of God. That's very, that's where it look. When you looked into Joseph, you will see in the four stages of his life, he was always faithful to God. Second thing is that you are faithful to what that person has said. What did he say? What did he say to you personally? There is generally what he has spoken and also what has he said? Are you faithful to what he has said? What you know? What he has said? Are you faithful to that? And three, are you faithful to the authorities? The authorities under whom God has placed. So you will see in different stages, Joseph has his father, Joseph has Potiphar, Jesus, Joseph has the warden, and Joseph has the Pharaoh. Okay? And each one of them could absolutely trust him. And is absolutely loyal and faithful to the father. Loyal and faithful to Potiphar, loyal and faithful to the prison warden. And you will see at the end of the famine, by the time the famine is over, seven years of famine is over, every person and everything and every piece of land belonged to the Pharaoh, not to Joseph. He was absolutely faithful to the one under whom he was placed to see that, you know. That's what the Bible is talking about. See, loyalty is one thing, faithfulness is another. They are but they should go together, they are connected, but they are not the same. They are not the same. They are not the same. Okay? Pharaoh could have had many loyal servants. Joseph was loyal and he was faithful. Okay? That's what God is talking about. So these three things, the person of God above and overall, what has he said, and the authorities under whom God places. They can be few or Many. So we will look at it, okay? Because faithfulness is something that God is looking for. Turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35. First we'll read verse 1 and 2, and then we'll go to verse 5, and then from 6 onwards. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. And that's what he does. Verse 5. Sorry, verse 5. I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites bowls full of wine and cups and said to them, drink wine. And they said, we will drink no wine. 
For Jonathan, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, say, You shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of this, but all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Okay? Yeah. Let's go till verse here. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us, to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, not to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyards, field, or seed. But we have dwelt in the stands and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. The simple thing is, where is this man? He lived many, 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 many years ago. This is the guy who is connected with Jehu. Okay, During Ahab, Jonathan was connected with Jehu and he was on the side of Jehu and he was one of the ones who was instrumental with Jehu in destroying idolatry during the time of Jezebel and after Ahab is dead. Now, you are living so many decades after these people are dead and gone. And your father told you something. It's an authority. A father told you something. And generations later, or many, many decades later, when the prophet, God is saying, tell Jeremiah, you can test them. Okay. Bring them into the house of God. You can test them. And set bowls of wine before them. And tell them, drink. And when he did that, they said, no, we will not. They are still faithful to something that has been told to them. Decades later. This is what God is looking for. Okay, will you, Can you be still faithful? The person who spoke to you is no longer there. And the persons who spoke to you are no longer there. But truth never changes. That is the nature of truth. The question is, what you have heard, you know it is true. This is what God has told you, specifically in their case, specifically. And will you remain faithful to that? If you go from verses 12 onwards, 12 to 16. Yeah. Yeah. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of Israel, Go tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord. The word of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine or perform, for to this day they drink none and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. I have also sent you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil way. Amend your doings. Do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ears nor obeyed me. Verse 16. Surely the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them. But this people has not obeyed me. So he's showing to them. He says, you see, there's a set of young people over here. They have listened to what their forefathers have told. And they have never deviated from it. They have remained faithful till today. Yet I have sent my word. I have sent my servants morning and evening, morning and evening. But you don't listen to me. You won't listen to me. Come to verse 18 and 19. 
And Jeremiah said to the house of Rechabite, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab, your father, kept all his precepts, done according to all that he commanded you, therefore says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. The reward of faithfulness. Okay, remember, this is the time they're going into Babylonian captivity. They're going into terrible times. They're going into captivity. They're going into poverty. They're going in to be overrun by the Babylonians. In the middle of it, one family is given a promise. You know what? doesn't matter what happens in this land. There will be somebody from your house who will be always standing before me. Ministry. Why? Where is this reward coming from? Simply because they were faithful to what God has spoken to their father and the father spoke to them and they remained faithful to that all the days of their life. This is what the Bible is talking about. The reward of faithfulness. The reward of faithfulness. Faithfulness is rewarded by God. It's not a faith has its work, but faithfulness is what has its rewards. Okay, faith's works may be temporary or not, it may have a temporal effect. But when you are in heaven, what you're going to be rewarded for is that were you faithful to God. So let's go back to Luke chapter nineteen and verse twelve. Okay, twelve one one. This is a different parable, similar but different parable. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called his ten servants, now this is not three servants, these are ten servants, and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him, sent a message after saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. It came to pass, when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded the servants to be called, called unto them. And when he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. This is different from the other because everyone is given one. Everyone is given one. But everyone was not faithful according to his ability. The earlier one, each one is given according to the ability. And the first two were faithful according to their ability. In the second case, everyone is given. It's a different scenario. Ten people are given. Let us say ten people in the worship team. Ten people in the worship team. Ten people in the worship team. The simple thing about the worship team is not your talent. It's not your talent. It's how you come prepared for the anointing to flow through you. That is how you come. It's not your talent. Talent is all in the world. But God has given a talent. You can hone it. You can be as best as you can be before God to the best. But other than that, basically each vessel is a channel. Each vessel is a channel. So you look, say an example, 10 people in the worship team. And how did each one of them? Each one was given the same ability. You can stand before me, minister to me and minister to my people. And that's similar in life, 10 people. He says, I have, okay, out of your one, I've got 10. He tells him, well done, good servant, because you are faithful in very little. Have authority over 10 cities. The second came saying, master, your miner has earned 
5 minus. Likewise, he said, you also be over 5. Now listen carefully, listen carefully. Look at what the master says to the first one and the second one. To the first one, let us go there, to the first one. Okay? Yeah. The first one, he says, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little, have authority over ten cities. To the second one, he doesn't say any of that. He just says, okay, you made one into five, can take authority over five. He doesn't say, well done. He doesn't say, well done, because he didn't do well. He did good, but he did do well. He could have done better. He could have done better. Because the ability of both of them was the same. One made it into ten, the other made it only into five. He doesn't say you were faithful, because you were not actually faithful. You probably wasted a lot of time and talents, whatever God had given you. So he doesn't say the same thing over there. So we need to realize, because what is, like I said, what are we preparing for? We are preparing for eternity. But eternity, the preparation for eternity happens in the temporal with what God has given us. What God has. So he says, you were faithful with very little. One minor, in this case, is very little. Okay, Like we keep saying, what is that little God has given you? That little God has given you. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. There it is little, what you look like, very little in your eyes. Another is, you just have few. These words are not the same. doesn't mean the same thing in English. Little means it is not considered very big in the world. Very little. Few means you don't have much, you have only few. So in one case, it does not have much honor, much your gift, whatever God has given you, is not something which is valued highly in the world. It does not matter. It is valued highly in God, in the in God's kingdom because of who gave it to you. Who gave it to you? Because when it is given by God and you use it for God, what it can bring forth you and I do not know. Like Shamgar, what did he have? An ox god. That's all. But when you turn that ox god for God, what it brought is deliverance. So what an ox god, nobody would give it a second look. What is an ox god? Who does? But you need to realize in his hands, surrender to God, it became an instrument of Deliverance. So it was a very little thing until it was turned over into God's hands. Moses' rod was a very little thing. They were all the shepherds had rods. They all had a rod. The difference was Moses' life and the rod was laid at God's feet. And immediately the nature changed. That little thing brought in deliverance for a nation. So it's got it. This here, it is talking about few things. Now look here, listen carefully. He told him here, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful. Yeah, yeah. Look to Matthew, Matthew. Okay. 25, 21. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Even in this life. And even in the life to come. To move into the next level, you have to be counted faithful at the level you have been placed by God. There are levels in the kingdom of God. Levels of anointing. Levels of anointing are there. 
There are levels in God's kingdom and Lord, how God uses people even in this world. Okay, so when God says enter, He's moving you into another level. But to move into another level, you have to be proven faithful in the previous level. He will give you more charge. But there is a calling. Come. He's, he's actually lifting him up. He's actually exalting him. Okay. So that's why the psalmist says, um, if I'm right, it is Psalm 75, 6 and 7. Hmm? We need to understand for ourselves. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. See, our exaltation should only come from God. Okay, that's where time matters. That's why what he's looking for matters. Because when God exalts, then the enemy cannot push you down. When God opens a door, no man is able to shut it. So we don't want every door. Because enemy can open doors. See, when Jonah rebelled against God, every door was opened by the enemy. Just tuck, 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 it was opening. Okay, but at the end, he reached the bottom of the sea. Okay, so enemy can open doors, enemy can lift you up before your season, you can be lifted up by the enemy, you know, he knows and he sees a person and he says, you know what, God seems to have an eye on this person, you know what happens, he starts opening doors, he starts lifting you up and before you know you are gone, boom, gone, finished, you are gone and then God has to discard you and look for somebody else, okay, so we have to be very, very careful about it, how our exaltation comes. Okay, so God can lift, God can pull down. If you have doubts, go to Luke 19, verses 24 to 26. Nineteen twenty-four to 26. And he said to those who stood by, take that mina from him and give it to the one who was ten mina. This is the fellow who did not. Among that ten, he hid it. Okay, they said to him, master, he has ten minas. And he says to you, I say to you that everyone who has will be given from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. So enemy is not the only one who takes away. God takes away. God takes away. Why? Because you were not faithful. Even in the book of Revelation it says, "Be hold on, let somebody take your crown away. Okay? Crown away. So we have to be careful about these things because in the temporal... And in the eternal, if you are in the kingdom of God and you are walking with God, one quality God looks for is, are you faithful with what I have given you? It was God who lifted the spirit that was upon Samson. It was God who lifted the spirit that was upon Saul. We can take it away. We can take it away. Okay. So when God trusts us with something very, very small, okay, to qualify to go to the next one, next level. Otherwise, you will remain in that level. You will never move to the next level. You will never move to the next You will remain in that level. In your walk with God, you will never move to the next level. You know why? And you may be saying, but I am doing everything. God says, are you? Are you faithful in what you are doing? Are you faithful? Faithful. Faithful. Okay? Because these are all principles in the kingdom of God. Okay, there are many principles in the kingdom of God if you want to move higher, move, or what we say, advance, like you have principles in the world for advancements, you this discourse and that course and this course, because they realize, oh no, it's, it's a wise man, it's a smart man who realizes I'm in this field, and in this field, this is what 
the companies are looking for and you advance. In the same way in the kingdom of God, there is wisdom. Brings advancement. Anointing brings advancement. Double portion brings advancement. But at the core of it, what sustains this through it all till the end is faithfulness. Is faithful. There are three words used in the Bible. Very, they look similar, but they are not similar. One is patience. One is perseverance. The other is endurance. You know why you need these three? To remain faithful. If faithfulness is not in the core of your text, of your life, you don't need much patience. You don't need to persevere. You don't need to endure. You don't need to. So these three things God asks so that we will remain faithful till the end. Okay. He who endures till the end. Why? Why should he endure till? Because when all the world is falling apart and people are falling away from faith, now they are unfaithful to God, unfaithful to whatever they had promised. God says, will you endure and remain faithful? And that's what he's telling the church in Smyrna. Be faithful. Be faithful. And this is what Elisha is being tested. Okay, Elijah doesn't know what Elisha is looking for. But Elisha knows what he is looking for. And God knows what he is planning to give Elisha. But he has to go through the test. What is that? Will you remain faithful till the end? Okay. And if you look at what is happening is, at every stop in Second Kings chapter uh, 2 and verse 3, Okay, chapter 2 and verse 3. Okay, every stop, the Bible says, the sons of the prophet Suer and Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. And every, that's enough, that's enough. Every stop, there is a set of people. What are they called? They're called the sons of prophet. Elisha is not a son of a prophet. So in the religious circle, he has known his son of a farmer. The son of a farmer. Okay? So in that circle, he's a nobody. He's a nobody. He's a nobody. Okay? These are sons of prophet. These are sons of prophet who are mentored. He's a circuit preacher, like as we call. He goes from place to place. Elisha also will do that later. He teaches them. But they never acknowledge Elijah as their master. Listen carefully. Did you know that the Lord will take away your master? Your master. They never acknowledge Elijah. The man representing God on earth for them. He does not accept his master as their master. Okay. If you go to chapter 3 and verse 11. Remember there is a condition, there is a situation over there when Jehoshaphat, they were going to battle. Jehoshaphat said, is there no, this is after the double portion. No prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha the son of Saphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. You need to understand, the public perception about Elisha is, uh, he's a prophet, but he's not from the prophetic school. He's not the son of a prophet. He's not a son of the prophet. He's the son of a farmer. And as far as we know for so many years, we know he was a servant. He was a servant. Some or other he's got an anointing. We don't know where he got it from. <laughs> but he has. You see, this is how they saw him. 
There is a master and there is a servant. But that was the right picture in God's eyes. That was the right picture in God's eyes. Okay, like I said, these are the things which, which have to be settled. These are the things which have to be settled in our life. If we don't settle these things in our life, you know what, like God says in Isaiah uh, 1 verse 2 and 3, you know, the ox knows its master. Okay? Okay? The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master. Okay? A donkey its master. But the question is, God says, my people do not know. These are the fundamental things which all of us have to decide. Can because exaltation doesn't come from east or west or north for God's people. It comes from God. But before God can lift a person, you can lift yourself, like Saul lifted himself and then came crashing down. You can lift yourself. And some people are like, I know a friend of mine, he was my classmate, and it's like Pranit, he was a cricketer. So he played for the Ranji team in Kerala. And then he got into Reserve Bank, he has sports quota. And once he got into the Reserve Bank, he decided, I don't want any promotion. You can choose. I don't want any promotion, I don't want to go to the officer cadre, nothing. I'm just satisfied with this life. So from the day he joined, when I was in college, till today he's working in the same office. Because promotion means trouble. I don't want any of those things. There are a lot of people in the kingdom of, I am saved. I am not looking to rise. That's also a dangerous thing. It's also a very dangerous thing. Because the Bible says, desire these things of God. It's a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous thing in the kingdom of God. Because if King God had much more things for you, and because of a lack of desire, because you don't want to face challenges. You don't want to face challenges. Okay? You don't want to face challenges. And that's a very dangerous thing. So you have to realize all those years, Elisha is serving Elijah faithfully inside. He's pursuing something. And when Elijah asked him, what is that you seek? He asked him something that made Elijah his mouth fall open. What? I want a double portion of the spirit that is upon you. And he said, Ooh, that's not for me to give. But I will tell you a clue. If you see me being taken, you will get it. Okay? So you have to... Because people in the world who rise are very ambitious. People who are not ambitious in the world don't rise. Okay? In the kingdom of God also, there has to be something which is called zeal. You know? Zeal, Lord. Okay? If you have said, this is the boundaries I have set for you, I will stay within those boundaries and I will try to rise. I will try to rise. I will be the best I can be within these boundaries. But, okay, don't, don't be like, you know, this one has settled in his lease, leave it alone. Who was that? Was it Ephraim? Moab has settled in his lease. You know, it's, it's an illustration that is taken from making wine. Because I have made wine, so I know how it is made. Okay, when you, when you take the grapes and you put it in whatever container with what makes it firm and a handful of wheat, whole wheat in cloth will do. But every week you have to empty it. 
you have to sieve it into a fresh vessel and then put a fresh listing of it over. Again, you have to sieve. If you don't do it, then the wine will get spoiled. You cannot drink it. That is called dregs. Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has settled on his dregs and has not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Therefore, he's good for nothing. He's gone into captivity. This is the problem of ease. This is the problem of ease. You will go into captivity. You will go into captivity. Okay. You will go into captivity. So be very clear about these things. Okay. Yes, in the kingdom of this world, in this world you can decide, you know, I am making the decision. I'm not ambitious. I'm not ambitious. I'm looking for security where I can be secure and after that, but when it's the kingdom of God, it's a different thing. I don't want to get pulled into this direction. So I am content with this, but I'm going to give my zeal into the kingdom of God. Unless God has put you in a position in the system, in the government, where you need to rise so that you can be a blessing to God's people. Okay? So, but it should never be at the cost of faithfulness. Okay? In 1st Samuel chapter 1, 26 to 28. And she said, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Now remember, okay, this has taken place five or six years earlier. She's been crying, crying, and one day she cried in the bitterness of her soul and made a vow. Lord, you gave me a son. I promise you, I will give him over to you and not even a razor shall touch. Okay. Now you made the priest who is practically blind, blessed. You became pregnant. Most people will forget it. Most people will forget it. Chance. It's okay. God understands. I have only one son. God has many sons. <laughs> Okay. You remember, you remember, this woman is faithful. She is faithful to her vow that she has made before God. This is a vow she made before God, not to man. Not before man. This is a vow she made to God. And when the tie came, you know what? She fulfilled her vow. This is what God is talking about. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? The day you all got latest to get baptized was Gideon. We all got baptized. You don't realize when we got baptized, we entered into a covenant to be faithful unto death. The question is, have we been faithful? And when we have been unfaithful, did we repent and come back and continue being faithful? Are we faithful to the covenant? The day people get married, they make a covenant for better or worse. And often worse comes. And God allows, no, it's God allows words to come to test you whether you will keep your covenant. Will you be faithful? The worst days are here. The worst days are here. The question is asking. So the question is before the end comes, why should there, there be a plethora of problems? Pestilences and war and famine. Why all these things? To see who will remain faithful. 
Because the best of the crop is coming at the end. The glory of the house at the latter end shall be greater. So the best was in the beginning and best is going to be at the last. So you'll be tested. So the church in the beginning went through tribulation and brought forth such a great set of men and women of God. Now it's going to happen at the end. And the question is, it's a test. When these things happen, the question is, will he be faithful? Will he be faithful? Because the day you got married, was a comment. And the question is, the marriage is being tested. You know? Famine comes, problems comes, children give problems. All these are tests. And the question is, would you still remain faithful to God or you turn against God? Remember, Job's wife remained faithful to her husband, but she turned against God. She didn't leave her husband. She said, curse God and die. What happened? The marriage was tested. Marriage was tested. And you know what? She didn't leave her husband. Even though he was had boils from head to foot, she stayed there and took care of him. But she turned against God. Faithfulness. But Job never turned against God. He said, even if you slay me, I will yet serve you. So faithfulness is being tested in all. Okay, When you dedicated your baby on a baby dedication, you entered into a covenant with God. This baby I will try to raise up in the knowledge of God. The question is, are you faithful? Hannah was faithful. Hannah was faithful. Okay, We sing that song from the book of Ezekiel, no? the wheel within the wheel. If you look at any wheel, if you look at any wheel, especially a cartwheel, which is easier to see, there is this big wheel and there's a small wheel. The small wheel is from where the spokes are connected. Okay, the sm Our life should be like that. That small wheel is God, the center. And then see what are the other spokes that are connected and see, am I faithful to each one of this? Because our lives have different facets when we look. We have our home. We have our church. We have the place where we study. We work. We have, see, all these are there. And we have different responsibilities in life. We, are not, we don't come with one responsibility. We have different responsibilities. But all these responsibilities should be held together by the small wheel. That small wheel is that whole set. Otherwise, what will happen is that the spokes will start breaking. Spokes will start breaking. Okay, Ultimately, the whole wheel comes apart. I think it's W.B. Yeats wrote about the center does not hold and everything starts falling apart. Starts falling apart. You see, when your faithfulness to God is affected, it's not your problems. It's not the issues that you are facing. It's not famine. It's not war. It is not loss. It's not the loss of children. It's not the loss of property. It's not any of these things. When the center breaks, everything starts falling apart. With Job, the center held from Job chapter 1 till Job chapter 42. It held till 43. It held till the end. And therefore, he didn't fall apart. Actually, he's lifted up at the end. He's exalted and much more blessed. The blessing his wife receives is only because she was attached to her husband. It's got nothing to do with her. We need to understand that's how the kingdom of God works. This is how it works because that is how it is. 
So if you come to Luke chapter 16 and verses 11 to 13, Jesus is bringing the same concepts over and over again, right? 16, 11 to 13. I'll take that red thing off. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to your trust to riches? Yeah, 12.30 together. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And then he comes and tells us who these two masters are. He says, you cannot serve God at mammon. Let's put simple money. God says there are two honors and two masters who demand your loyalty. Okay. Why? There are only two ways you can live. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says there are only two ways you can live. Okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. You can either walk by faith or you can walk by sight. Only two ways you can walk. If you're walking by faith, then God is the center. Grace is the result. If you're walking by sight, you're at the center and money is what you need. Money is what you need. Because the difference between faith and sight is, in faith, grace does the work. In sight, money does the work. And that's where money is dangerous. Not that money, we don't need money. The problem is, as money comes in, a sense of false security starts and a false peace starts coming in. And we need to ask ourselves, before the money came in, did I have the same peace? Or is my peace now coming in because money has come in? Then that peace was not from God. It's not from God. When Paul has no money lying in prison, his heart and mind is absolutely captivated by peace. There can be relief. Okay, money has come in. I can pay these things off. It's a relief. But it never affects your peace because peace is of the kingdom of God. A false security comes in. A false confidence comes in because now money has supplanted grace. You think you are approved of God when you are actually at the point of being rejected of God. This is where it is important. We need to. This is how the devil very subtly deceives. Very subtly deceives. Okay, it's not that we don't need money. We need money because that's the currency that we use. It's God. Who created money? Meaning if there is no gold, there is no money. Okay, Money basically means gold. Okay, it's God who created it. And God allows it. Even in the temple, it was used. So get this picture very, very carefully. Faith stands in grace and uses money. Sight stands in money and misuses grace. Misuses grace. And the whole problem is always connected with ownership. The issues with honor, I said yesterday to the Nepali church, and I told them, every morning you wake up and the battle with ownership begins. Who owns me? 
No, that's your first struggle about waking up, right? Who owns me? Your flesh says, you own, turn around and go back to sleep. Who owns you? Who demands my attention if I cross the level first stage of waking up? Who demands my attention first? Is it me or it is God? So the battle with ownership begins every day. And every day we have to decide this battle. It's not just I decided this battle. Yes, one day when we got baptized, we entered into a covenant with God. And then the living begins. That's why the Bible says in the, in the, in the other parable, Jesus says, when his master comes and finds his faithful servant doing, when he comes, he's still doing what he was called to do. Because when the master will come, the parable says we do not know. Morning, afternoon, evening, midnight. In the other parable, he comes at midnight. You don't know when he is coming. The question is, when he comes, will he be found doing what he is supposed to do? So this question of ownership comes. And the Bible is very clear. Psalm 24, 1 says, it belongs to him. Everything belongs. I want to read the other one in Job 41 and verse 11. Forty one and verse eleven. Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. He says, Who was there before me? That's where the Bible begins in the beginning. There was nobody before God. He is the beginning and the end. So he says, Who was before me? That I should pay him. Everything under heaven is mine. So this has to settle. Okay? Because Job is asking questions to God. God is saying. Listen, Job, I love you. Everything under heaven is mine. And if I have, I have the right to take everything away from you. You're asking me why, 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 why? No, you don't ask the owner why, why, why. He says, uses another parable. A man comes and he says, first hour, okay, go work in my one dinari. Another one, third hour, go work. One in the final evening, one hour left for. He says, you also go work. When they came, he gave them all one dinari. And the ones who were hired in the morning were very upset. He says, what did I tell you when I hired you? One. What did I tell them when I hired them? One. It's my money. Do you agree? See, we have, because we have these issues in the kingdom of God, in the church. I've been in the church for so many years. And this one came only yesterday. God says, but I choose to use him. Who owns you? Who owns you? Everywhere we have these issues. This question of ownership has to be decided. And if we don't decide this question of ownership, we are going, and it has to be decided every day. The first time we enter into that is a covenant. Meaning, I go under the water and I die to myself. When I rise up, I'm yours. Forever faithful unto death. Then the battle with faithfulness beginning. And the battle begins. And God says, you know what? You need power. You need power. You need to be baptized in my Holy Spirit. You need power. For what? So that you will be a witness to the people that you belong to me. That I am your owner. I am your master. So the world will know. The world will know. For that you need power. Because the world is always after ownership. That's why when they were preaching, are you this one? Are you, who sent you? 
These are questions they ask Jesus and John. Why? Because they are not from the religious circle. So, who sent you? And Jesus finally asks also, oh, who do the people say I am? Okay. Then he asks them this question. Who do you say I am? And Peter has to have a revelation of who he is. The question is, now, will you walk under that revelation? And that's why Peter says, I will never deny you. He says, really? Wait. We'll see who's the master here. The push comes to a shove. You will see who is the master here. You will run. You will all deny me. You will all deny. That's why we need power. Why do we need power? So that we do not deny him. That's why we need power. You shall be my witnesses, meaning I will remain faithful. I will not deny you. But Lord, I have this idea. I have this mindset. I have this decision. But I don't have the power. I don't have the power. Lord, give me power. Give me power to remain faithful. Okay. So, understand this. So God says, everything is mine. And it is a fact. We have to accept the fact is that I come with nothing. I go with nothing. When we come into this world, we come with nothing. When we leave this world, we take nothing. And when we stand before God, we give an account of what we did in between these two periods. And the thing is that when we use that, remember, we have used these three T's. When we come, in the first thing we get is time. It's no guarantee. Nobody knows how much time. It does not matter. It does not matter how much time. The question is the time that has been given to you, will you remain faithful in that time? It can be 30 years, it can be 175 years. It does not matter. Or 600, 900 years, 969 years maximum given. The time does not matter. The amount of time does not matter. Second thing is what we call talent or ability. That also does not matter, the amount. One was given five, one was given one. So the amount does not matter. Your ability that was given does not matter. The question is, with the ability that was given, were you faithful? And then the treasure, your resources, that also does not matter. The question is, with what was given, were you faithful? If you turn to Matthew 11 and verse 11, this is Jesus saying, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Four thousand years. He says, this is the greatest. This is the greatest. And when he is the greatest in God's sight, this man was faithful to be hidden for thirty years. Thirty years. He was not revealed. God did not reveal him and remained hidden. He didn't step out for 30 years. And when he stepped out, he stepped out for six months. The Bible actually says the word of the Lord bypassed four rulers, two high priests, came into the wilderness looking for John. Why? He was faithful. He was faithful. Okay. So you need to ask yourself, how many how many months ministry did you have? Six months. Six months. Six months ministry. And in verse four to six of Luke chapter three, four to six, you will realize here, okay. 
as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight every valley shall be filled every mountain and hill brought low crooked place shall be made straight and the rough way smooth and all the flesh shall see the salvation of God he was very very clear what he was called to do and we should be very clear what we are called to do you know what our job is is to make the way smooth for Jesus to come into the lives of others not to make it difficult for others to know Jesus but to make it easy for others to come to Jesus and John knew it very well this is my job this is my job okay so you see he's being faithful to everything that has been revealed to him first stay hidden you're not going to be revealed stay hidden now go reveal yourself step out and reveal yourself when you're revealing yourself be very sure what is that is written that you are called to be and then in verse 7 verse 7 okay he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him okay if you look at verse 6 he will say he went about verse 6 okay uh yeah uh, yeah 4 5 no he went 4 4 okay the voice of the one crying in the wilderness prepare the word of the lord basically what he see his message was a message of repentance he never changed his message he never changed his message he never changed his message i'm telling you you go to june recorded onwards 2008 one onwards till today you look at the core of it the message has never changed but the center the message has never changed times have passed by people have come and gone world has changed all around the word of god cannot change because it is not yours to change it he never changed the message he was always faithful to the message that was given and then verse 7 says when the crowd started coming okay crowd started coming the question is when crowds come multitudes come most people message changes message changes crowds affect you are not like this now that's because you don't have social media and you don't have followers on social media that's why you are like this can you handle crowds can you handle fame how many people can handle fame most of the people out there in the world who have fame have fallen they're gone they finished because they cannot handle fame they cannot handle fame and that's what is saying multitudes are coming crowds are coming to him crowds are not going to anybody out there in all of israel there are hundreds and thousands of priests and levites and nobody is going to them crowds are coming to one man he is not going to them they are coming to him it doesn't change him at all he's still remaining faithful that's what god is talking about when these things happen in your life can you remain faithful to the one who sent you because crowd changes people people go crazy when they see crowds that's why we have these terms called mega star superstar and all this has got to do with crowds how did they become a star who made them a star who made them a star the crowds made them into stars but john the crowds came and he was no star he refused to change you know what he said he never changed his message he still remained 
faithful to the one who sent him. So it does not matter. Time does not matter. Within the time frame which you have been given, are you faithful? Within the ability that you have been given, are you faithful? Here is a man with a one-line sermon, no miracle, no power ministry, no healing of the sick, no demon possessed risk, no raising of the dead, nothing. And God says he was the greatest. He was the greatest. Elijah raised the dead. He brought fire from heaven. He did all kinds of things. Elisha did double. John did nothing. So how did he become greatest? Because God says he was among them the most faithful. He never wavered from what God had done. And then when he had pointed to Jesus and the crowd started following Jesus, when he's being enticed to be jealous, he said no. He should increase and I should decrease. A man should not have anything other than that. That is from Because every perfect good gift comes from above. He's remaining at his core, you will realize, he was always faithful. His only doubt was that, okay, did I point the wrong person? That was the only doubt. Because my entire life is surrounded around pointing to the right person. So his question was, Elijah was taken in chariot. Elisha, nobody could touch then. I pointed the right person why I'm in prison. He was hoping to be taken in a chariot like Elijah. Or never be touched by the kings by like Elisha. Both did not happen to him. But he was always faithful. So it does not matter about time. It does not matter of ability. The core question is, are you faithful? Or go to Luke chapter, chapter 21, 2 to 4. 21, 2 to 4. He saw a certain poor widow. He saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites, two coins. Today would be two rupees, one, two, one rupee coins. But that's the least in our this thing, no? two rupees. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in their offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. So it also does not matter how much resources you have. The question is, you may have very little. And Jesus was sitting there watching everybody put in their offerings and he pointed to that one and said, that's the most faithful. You know how much he gave? 100%. They could have been a rich merchant who came in and put in 10,000 in array. But it may maybe one person. Another must have come and put in ten percent. Somebody else must have come and put in fifty percent and feeling good. I gave fifty percent. God says, You know what that lady gave? She gave hundred percent. And do you know what she is? Poor widow. The worst thing to be in those days, a widow. So it does not matter the time, the ability, or the resources you have. The question is, when it comes to God, the problem with the rich man, remember the rich man who wanted to build more bonds? He said, you are not rich towards God. You know, this poor woman was rich towards God. That's why it's for God. Rich towards God. 
that is the fundamental thing which God is talking about. So each one of us have to look into the spokes in the wheel and say, Lord, in this, in this, in this, in this, in this, because life is made of many little things. It's not made of one big thing. Life is made of many, many little things. And into these little things goes these three things. Your time. God demands your time. Your spouse demands your time. Your children demands your time. Your office demands your time. People demand time. Relationships are equal to time with God or man. Is equal to time. They demand your time. Are you faithful? Then your ability. God has given you an ability to use it for the glory of God. Simple thing. Will you use it for the glory of God or use it for your own glory? And the resources. Okay, as we close, let us go to First Samuel chapter 2, verses 19 to 21. We are closing. Moreover, who is this? Hannah. His mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Lehi would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord gave you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own house. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. When she asked for a child, a son, and said, I would give it back, there was no other promise. There was no other promise. Get this picture very clear. There was no other promise. But she kept her vow. She was faithful and she gave that child over to God. And God in return was faithful and blessed her womb. Now she has five more children. Five more children. Okay? She has, she has, after God's faithfulness, she has received five children and the child she gave over to God is growing in God's presence. And through it all, if you look at verse 20, it's a very interesting word. This is where you need to understand how the kingdom of God works. Eli used to bless Elkanah and his wife. Who used to bless? See, God always uses man. God very, very rarely, unless he's starting something absolutely new, like John the Baptist, something new, or Elijah in a situation. He always uses a man. If there is a man of God, even if he is blind, he uses that man of God to do his work. And this man is just saying, the Lord bless you, the Lord bless you, the Lord bless you. But the Bible is saying, you know what? Verse uh, 19 is interesting. These things which people need to understand. Oh, sorry, not 19. 20. 20 and... Uh, 21, 21, 21. Okay. The man blesses and the Lord visits. Do you see that? The man blesses and the Lord visits. Fundamental. Okay. Fundamental things. People need to realize barrenness. If you're a child of God, it's a kingdom issue. It's not a medical issue. It's not a medical issue. You read the Bible. It is not a medical issue. It is a kingdom issue. God can visit a woman and see she bears. She bears. 
And you look at the women in the, in the Bible who were barren and whose wombs were also shut by God or opened by God. So these are all fundamental things which you need to realize because if you are faithful, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, he or she abounds in blessings. And you need to look at what is the blessing that Hannah needs. She needs children. God gave her five, the number of grace. Five. Faithful. Faithful. Final verses. Revelation chapter 1, 9 and 10. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of the Lord and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. If you go to verse 5, we will see who is speaking. Who is speaking in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the, the faithful witness is speaking to him and he's hearing it like a trumpet. Why is he speaking to him? Because he's faithful. He lost everything. He has no ministry. Exiled to an island. Has been beaten up, put in boiling oil. He did not die, tormented, tortured, everything. But on the Lord's day, I was in the let me tell you something. If you have to be in the spirit, you need to worship. And you need to be worshipping in the spirit or in tongues at least for an hour to cut through. And he's faithful. And he's faithful. The question is, he has no idea what is going to happen. As far as he's, as far as he's concerned, this is his retirement. Oh, everything is over. Everything is finished. But that does not mean I have no ministry to do. I have no pulpit to preach from. I have nobody to witness to. That does not mean I should not be faithful in my worship. And he's worshipping. And when he's worshipping, he's in the spirit. And when he's in the spirit, he hears. And the first stage of hearing is this. See and write. You know what is he seeing? He's the last surviving apostle. He's seeing the state of the churches during his time and the times to come. God says, see what is happening on earth. See what is happening on earth. See. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, come up and see what's happening in heaven. See what's happening. After this, I saw a door opening, the first one. And what did he say? Come up. Here. This is the exaltation or promotion that comes from faithfulness. He's able to see the state of the whole church. How the churches will be down the ages, including during his time. He's able to see. The pastors who are ministering in their own churches are not able to see the state of their own church or their own state. But he's able to see. And he has to write to them. So God is lifting him up. He says, see now and it's come up. And see there. All why you know what? He remained faithful. What could he do faithfully? One thing. He could worship. You maybe you know that's what Paul and Silas are doing in the prison. Back broken, leg hands in chains, legs in stocks, you can't do anything. What are they doing? Faithful. In prayer and in worship. What is Jesus doing on the cross? Faithful. The ministry of intercession is still not stopping. Faithful. Faithful. This is what God is talking about. So the only way you can remain faithful is first, decide who is the master. Two, what does he want me to do? 
Three, make yourself accountable wherever you are. Accountable wherever you are. And that is Joseph. And you will see the exaltation that comes in his life. Because exaltation doesn't come from the East or the West. It does not come. It comes from God. It comes from God. And that's what we see at the end of the parable. What does he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Take charge. And enter. It's a very interesting term. I want to study on it again. Enter into the joy of your Lord. At his right hand, there is. And joy for you enter into his. We know our joy. We don't know what God's joy is. Infinity. We don't know what God's peace is. We don't know what God's pleasure is. Think about it. How does God experience these things? We are asked, come enter into it. Lord, why, how can I, why, why am I counted worthy to enter into it? Because you are faithful in little things. Little things. Faithful in little things. You know, yesterday when I was speaking to them, I said, no, maybe you may be just a maidservant, believing maidservant. You work in five houses to make your house run. You go to your local church, be faithful. In the work you do, the way you do your work, that's your witness with God, with man, everywhere. Because you don't have anything else, that's your And you will be faithful in that little thing, right? And I had one revelation. Pray. For the consolation of Israel for 70, 75 years, that woman never left the temple in fasting and prayer. How many widows are there in this world within the body of Christ? Do you think they are like Anna? One little revelation, faithful to it for 70 years. And she receives an exaltation. She's the only one who is able to recognize and see me and two of them. You know what I response I got? I got a response from different parts of the world. He got response and you know what? And do you think who were the ones who were responding? They were the maids who were responding. Because many other places where I go minister, there are maids. One whole church I ministered in Singapore were all housemaids. An entire ministry five days I had in Malaysia were garment workers. Then you have old age care people in all of Israel, the ones who listen, are taking care of old people. You know what? It lifted them up. Because when you are caught in something like that, you say, this is my life. What do I get in heaven? What do I get in heaven? God is just. Absolutely just. He is no respecter of persons. The simple thing is, where he has placed you, and among whom he has placed you, will you be counted faithful? Counted faithful. Do you know I showed it yesterday in Daniel chapter 6 verse 4. No, Why was that entire law of the land changed for prayer? You know why? Because when they sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, they could not find no charge or fault because he was So they found an issue about his God. They couldn't find in secular matters, they couldn't find Let us trap him, trap him. They checked, put a full scan on him, full body scan. Found nothing. Why? Because he was faithful. He was unfaithful. 
So they said, let us plan something. Because he is so faithful, he will be so faithful to his God. Let us trap him with something which is connected with God. And they brought, fooled the king and brought this. You shall not pray for 30 days. As soon as he heard, he went to his house and was faithful. <laughs> you can't touch me there. I am always faithful. Laws don't change. My faithfulness towards God. Come, let us pray. Build these things in. Ultimately, these are the things that will count. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my well That never shall run dry Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things that could not satisfy then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. Fill my cup, Lord, fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul, Lord. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me We just thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. Truly, Father, as you said through your Son, teach us to seek your kingdom. What really, really matters in your kingdom. And we have heard this whole week, Lord, how much faithfulness matters in the kingdom. To the end, you tell the church in Smyrna, be faithful even unto death. And to the church at Philadelphia, you were faithful in life. You had very little strength, but you remained faithful. Therefore, therefore, I will keep you from the trouble that is coming upon the whole earth. We are living in the light of these two calls to the church, Lord. 
There's an entire part of the church that is being persecuted and your call to them is be faithful unto death. There's another side on the liberal free world. There's a church that struggles each day to be faithful. They have no voice. They have no power. They have no influence. But you are telling them, stay faithful. But trouble is coming upon the whole earth. And I will keep you from that trouble. Faithful for the one who is speaking is the faithful witness. You yourself, Jesus, is not asking us to do anything other than what you showed us first. You were faithful all the way to the cross. Even on the cross, you were faithful. And even when you died and you were buried, you were still faithful. Your father said three days and you waited three days. Though you had never been separated from your father in eternity, you waited three whole days because you were faithful to the command of your father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. So this morning I pray, Father, everyone who is listening out there and everyone who will listen in the days to come, all of us, Lord, teach us. Teach us, Lord. Show us, O oh Lord, to be faithful to our Master, to our Lord. First and foremost, each day, it's a battle. And it's a battle of ownership. If we give in to the flesh, Satan owns us. If we give in to the spirit, God owns us. And the battle rages through the day for ownership. The temptations keep coming. And the temptation to us, your children are always, if you are the son of God, if you are the daughter of God, you have the freedom to do this. You can do it in another way. You can do it. But Lord, to come and be faithful. To come and be faithful and say, but it is written. It is written. I know what is written. And I know what I have heard. It agrees. And I will stand by that. And that's why the word says, where the spirit is Lord, there is liberty, true liberty. Only comes when the spirit is Lord. He is the master. He is the honor. Though he is the rightful honor, he does not impose his ownership. He waits for us to surrender. And this morning, once again, we come. A night or afternoon, whichever part of the globe you are listening from, let there be an act of surrender. Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. My time, my ability, and my resources, they are yours. Little or more, much or less, I surrender. You are the Lord. I acknowledge your Lordship over my life. Now help me, Lord, to be faithful. Faithful, faithful while living and faithful even unto death so that I can receive that reward 
from you that day. Teach us, help us. Help us to focus. Help us to focus. Help us to have discernment. Because there are so many voices calling us. So many voices demanding our time and our ability, our energy, our strength. Because for each day we have only so much time and so much strength. And there are these voices that are calling. Help us to discern the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the other spirits. Teach us, Lord. This morning, I commit your brethren out there. We are all in this battle. But I pray, they will not battle this in the strength of the flesh. For there is a way that seems right to man. But at the end of it is death. It is loss. Because fire will burn it all off. Therefore I pray everyone, everyone will be strengthened and empowered in their prayer closet, in their daily encounter with you. Not anything else. Not anybody else. First God. Then man. First God. Elijah could stand before Ahab and his ruthless dispensation because he had stood before God first. Teach us never to change that order any day of our life. For you showed us a way. What does it mean? The Lordship of the Father mean. Even now when you are sitting at the throne, Even now when you are fighting this battle to bring every enemy under your feet, it is so that after it is done, you can hand the kingdom over to the Father and acknowledge before the entire universe the Lordship of your Father. So that God may be all in all. Help us to learn. Therefore I commit everyone out there. I speak into their souls, into their spirits. From Ace to Young Shalom. Everyone. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. The ownership of God, of our body, our soul, of our spirit. Be established each day. Then he can speak to us. Then we will be able to say, listen, as little Samuel said, your servant hears. Because by then Samuel had proved to God his faithfulness to the men and to his parents under whom God had placed him. So God was ready to speak to him directly. Because he had been faithful, faithful in his home and in the house of the Lord. A little boy was found faithful. And I pray, Father, you will find us too faithful. Where we have been, we come back. We come back. We repent. We turn. We surrender. And we say, Lord, 
today is a new day. And your mercies are new every morning. And your faithfulness is great. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, help us to be faithful. Faithful at our post. Faithful into what you have called us. Faithful, faithful. Touch Ace, touch RJ, touch Brad, Mike, C. C's household, MQ, his team. Hannah, Sarai, Maggie, Sarah, all of them. You know every one of them. All of our pastors here around the world. Every one of them. The battle they face every day. And I thank you for every one of them, Lord. They were not distracted. The minds did not wander. They stayed at their post. Faithful, faithful, faithful. And I thank you for everyone, Lord. And I bless them in your name, O oh Father. And I pray, Father, they will stay faithful until the very end, O oh Lord. Touch their ears, O oh Lord. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over their ears, O oh Lord. O oh Father, that they will have hearing ears, O oh Lord. Touch their eyes with your balm, O oh Lord, O oh Father. They will have seeing eyes, O oh Father. And cleanse our lips with your holy fire, O oh Lord. That when we speak, man will know. This man, this woman has come from the presence of God. He has heard. She has heard. Touch our mouth with holy fire. Because these lips in its own is not worthy to speak what you have said. Even though we may have sanctified ears, we still do not have sanctified lips to repeat it. Therefore, Father, I pray, not only for sanctified eyes and ears, but I also pray, Father, for sanctified lips, O Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. That we may utter what you have spoken to us. Isaiah, who had prophesied, but when he saw a vision of God, he realized what he needed was a cleansed lips. Yes. And that is what the angel came with to cleanse oh, yes, the Lord. lips of a prophet. Yes, my God. If the lips of a prophet had to be cleansed with holy fire, how much Jesus. more our lips? Jesus. Oh Jesus. Father, cleanse our lips. Jesus. Cleanse our lips. Cleanse, cleanse, Sanctify Lord. our lips. Cleanse, Lord. That wherever you have placed it, yes. maybe in the political realm, yes. maybe in the courtroom, yes. or maybe before your people. Yes. It doesn't matter where we stand, O oh Lord. Let yes. those lips be cleansed yes. with holy fire and be anointed, O oh Father. In the name of Jesus. Cleanse, Jesus. Cleanse, cleanse, Jesus. Jesus. That when we speak, cleanse, cleanse, there will be conviction. When we speak, there will be a shaking in the heavenly realms, O oh Lord. When we speak, there will be deliverance taking place in the lives of people. When we speak, O oh Father, demons will let go of people and release them in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord. For there is power upon those words. Touch. 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 Touch, Lord. Touch Ace's lips, Lord. That when he speaks, he will speak not from the authority, the office which he had, but he will speak from the authority, the office which you will give him. When our lawyers stand in the courtrooms and stand and speak before the judges, Oh, Father, they will speak with the authority and the power which God is giving them, Oh, Father. When our children stand up in classrooms and answer, 
when they are asked difficult questions about the days and the times, the issues that we are facing, when they stand and give an answer that is according to your word and your spirit, there will be a power and an authority that will be released to Lord, that even their teachers will be astounded by their boldness and by their answers to Lord. Oh Father, anoint us today when our people witness to others about Jesus. Oh, when the witness about Jesus, there will be an anointing and a power release that there will be conviction in the hearts of yes. the people. Yes. Though even though they may not like what they are hearing because it, it goes against everything they have received in their lifetime, but there will be a pricking and a cutting in their hearts, oh Lord, because the Holy Spirit himself will stand witness to the words they speak because their ears and their eyes and their lips are sanctified and anointed, O oh Father. That's my prayer today, Lord. Faithful God, make us faithful people and anoint us, O oh Lord. Yes, Jesus. Anoint us. A fresh anointing this a morning. A fresh anointing this morning. A fresh anointing. A heart that is not distracted. Desperately needed, Father. Heart, oh, a mind that is Father, not distracted. Need it, need a mind that is set on you first right and foremost. Focused, and then on the things and the Jesus, people you set our hearts and minds on. Oh, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And you will come through for us. Yes, you will. You will yes, come you will, you because will, you are faithful. One of us, you are faithful. Baba you will come It's just a matter of time. Your time. Joseph did not know it was 13 years. He had no clue. But that was the time set by a faithful God. And on the 13th year, the Lord lifted him up because he remained faithful all those 13 years. David did not know it was 14 years or 15 years. Elisha did not even know it was 18 years. But when at the appointed time they had been tested and found faithful, the Lord lifted them up. For you are a God of increase. You are a God of exaltation. You are a God of promotion because promotion does not come from the east or the west or from the north or the south. It comes from our God. Faithful God was looking for faithful people. Faithful in little things. Faithful in a little thing like pouring water over Elijah's hands. Washing his clothes, washing his feet, washing his utensils. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And yet listening to every teaching. Yes, yes, yes. Others were sons of prophet. Thank you, Lord. You were just a son of a father. Yes, you are. But when he had been proved faithful, and even in his final journey with Elijah, it was a test of faithfulness. Stay back. At Bethel, said Elijah. He said, no. Stay back at Jericho. He said, no. Stay back here at Jordan. He said, no. And when he crossed over, he followed him closely. Till Elijah was lifted up by God, Elisha remained faithful. I pray, Father, Oh Lord, our prayer is help us to be faithful, faithful. until we are also lifted up yes. at your coming. Yes, yes, faithful. yes, faithful. 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 When you, you come. Called us. Faithful. And when there is that sound, faithful. 
the sound of the archangel blowing that trumpet. I pray, Father, we'll be found faithful. faithful. Two in a bed, yes. one faithful. Yes, Lord. Yes. Two in the field, one faithful. Yes, Two at the mill, one faithful. And I pray, Father, we will be counted among those who are faithful. Faithful. Faithful, 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 faithful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Faithful. Into those responsibilities you have entrusted us. Faithful to God. Faithful to man. Faithful. We may have very little. Some may have very, very little. Some may be like that poor widow. But she was faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Touch Benny. Yes. Touch Lynn. Touch, Touch Uncle Marshall. Thank yes, you, they came to the Lord late. But it is always better late than never. Hmm. But Father, as they came in late, they have run. They have run well. And I pray, Father, they will not slacken now. All the pressure that is being brought to bear upon them. They will stand under that weight. And they will remain faithful till the end, O oh Lord. They will not allow the enemy to steal their crown. No, Lord, they won't. They will remain faithful. They will, they will, they will. Speak that over their lives, O oh Lord. Lord yes, faithful, Lord. faithful, faithful, faithful they will all remain. Faithful. Their household will remain. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Faithful. Faithful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the caves. Faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the wilderness. Thank you, Lord. Faithful. Thank you, Lord. In the tents. Faithful in the city. Faithful in the countryside. Faithful in the high places of government. Faithful. Doesn't matter where you are. There's one thing God demands and looks for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Be faithful. Yes, Lord. Be faithful to the one who called you. Yes, Lord. Be faithful to the one who created you. Be faithful to the one who redeemed you. Yes, Lord. Faithful. Yes, Lord. The Spirit says through Paul, your body is not your own. Yes, Lord. You are bought with a price. So when we surrender our body, yes. we are surrendering everything that is in that body. Yes. Our soul and our spirit. Yes. The whole package we are yes. surrendering. Because yes. it belongs to God. Yes, it does. It belongs yes, it to Him. Yes, it does. So renew your covenant today. Yes. Wherever you are. The covenant we made with God the day we got baptized. Today is a renewal of that oath. Lord, I failed you. But I come back to the cross. I come back. And I reckon myself dead. And alive unto you, Lord. Take my life. Take my life. Take my time that whatever is rest. Take my abilities which you gave. Take my strength which is yours. Take my resources, which are also yours. Use it for your glory. I surrender all. Let that be our song. I surrender all. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord.